This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that pulls a winning number from history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're testing our luck with the story of England's first national lottery, which gave citizens the chance to win cash, legal immunity, and if they were really lucky, a life-changing amount of good cloth linen, too. The day was January 11th, 1569. In a public square outside Old St. Paul's Cathedral in London, the drawing began for the first state-run lottery in English history. Although the event wasn't as popular as expected, each of the 40,000 or so entries had been guaranteed a prize, so the drawing process dragged on for almost four months. The idea of holding a national lottery had been proposed by Queen Elizabeth I nearly three years earlier. She needed a way to raise money for several large-scale public projects, including the reconstruction of most of the nation's docks, harbors, and coastal defenses. Her father's reign had saddled England with an enormous amount of debt, so if Elizabeth wanted to repair the crumbling infrastructure, she would have to think outside the box to find the funding. She essentially had two options increase taxes and risk upsetting the populace, or hold a big fancy prize draw and raise the money from ticket sales. Wisely, the Queen chose the latter option and began making plans for England's first state lottery. The Queen of England wasn't the first ruler to use a national lottery to raise money for government projects. The strategy dates back to ancient civilizations like the Roman Empire and the Han Dynasty of China, which reportedly used a type of lottery called Kino to raise some of the funding for the Great Wall. Smaller-scale lotteries had been held in Western Europe for at least a hundred years before England's first drawing. Selling tickets for a chance to win a prize was a reliable way for merchants to unload expensive merchandise that it otherwise failed to sell. For England's first national lottery, the stakes were much higher. First prize was a 5,000-pound prize package, the equivalent of more than a million pounds today. The jackpot consisted of 3,000 pounds cash and an array of luxury goods, ranging from tapestries and wall hangings to gold and silver plate, as well as an undisclosed quantity of, quote, Good linen cloth. Second prize was 3,500 pounds worth of cash and items, and a diminishing value of similar prizes was offered for any ticket drawn in 3rd to 11th place. However, all other tickets were also guaranteed a prize of some sort, and if that wasn't enough, the Queen added one extra incentive to sweeten the pot. She decreed that any person who purchased a ticket would be granted one week of immunity, during which time they could not be arrested for any crime, with the exception of murder, piracy, treason, and other serious felonies. Despite the added draw of what was basically a get-out-of-jail-free card, the lottery tickets didn't sell as well as the Queen had hoped. That was mostly due to the high cost of the tickets, which were priced at 10 shillings each, 
the equivalent of about 120 pounds today. It was too steep a price for most ordinary citizens, meaning that unlike the state lotteries of today, which tend to target those with lower incomes, the lottery of 1569 was aimed squarely at the wealthy. That high cost of entry proved to be a mistake, as it greatly hindered the lottery's mass appeal. Most people simply couldn't afford to gamble with that much money, and many of those who could would have rather bought their own good linen, instead of waiting around in the winter cold to see if they could win some. In the end, it's believed that only about 10% of the 400,000 allotted tickets were ever sold. The tickets themselves were specially printed slips on which a player would write their name and a short note or phrase, known as a device. The idea was to write a biographical sentence or maybe a favorite maxim or Bible verse, something unique enough that the player could identify it as their own if they heard it. For example, one of the few tickets to survive from the 1569 lottery was a personal prayer from a cash-strapped family man. It read, quote, God, send a good lot for my children and me, which have had twenty by one wife. Truly. The system for drawing the prizes was straightforward, if not a little bizarre. It consisted of two large urns, one containing all of the player's tickets, and the other holding an equal number of prize slips. To ensure there was no cheating, the drawing was done by an impartial party, which in this case was a blindfolded child. The child simply picked a lottery ticket from one urn and then paired it with a prize slip drawn from the other urn. For the sake of privacy, the name of each winner wasn't revealed at the drawing. Instead, the unique device written on a ticket was read aloud and whoever recognized it could then go and collect their prize. This process was repeated over and over until all 40,000 or so prizes had been awarded. According to some accounts, the drawing continued without pause, day and night, from January 10th all the way until May the 6th. It's a good thing they only sold 10% of the tickets, or else they'd probably still be drawing prizes. As for who won the jackpot, we sadly don't know. There's no record of the names of any of the winners. But for my part, I'm hoping the grand prize went to the guy with 20 kids to feed. The lottery wasn't a roaring success, but it still earned enough money to jumpstart those much-needed repairs to England's infrastructure. And that came not a moment too soon either, as less than 20 years later, England's defenses would be put to the test by an invasion of the Spanish Armada. Still, England's first lottery was a bit of a letdown overall. For the next 400 years, the system fell in and out of use depending on who was in power. Unlike Elizabeth I, some rulers chose to skip the lottery and just raise taxes instead. The current incarnation of the British National Lottery was established by the administration of Prime Minister John Major. It officially launched in 1994, and it's still going strong today. The winning tickets are no longer chosen by a blindfolded child, but really that's probably for the best. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today, 
than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.